0: Welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast, and this is just not an ordinary podcast. This is the 100th century of Forever Blue podcasts. And uh, as ever, we're sponsored by Charles Louis Group, which is uh, very much appreciated. Without them, there might not be a podcast. So... Thanks very much to them they're an advisory business advise on development finance mortgage advice and estate agency they started out life as a simple mortgage company offering buy to let first-time buyers and moving home mortgages charles louis now provides support for the whole property transaction uh, that's the process including an independent estate agents an expert commercial team and a renowned mortgage team thanks very much to them uh, dave is the man who runs that company he has been invited to join us if he wants to on this particular podcast. So we might hear from him a little bit later on, but we've got a bit of a cast of thousands tonight. Uh, We've got several members of the Forever Blue team and hopefully one or two other surprise guests as the, the podcast goes along. Um, So I'm going to start by uh, obviously just highlighting what the stories of the week have been, which have been Pep Guardiola signing a two-year contract to uh, an extension to his contract, which makes me wonder, um, well, more than wonder really, whether Lionel Messi will be arriving at the club very soon. Uh, We've seen denials um, and the most recent one, I think, was from somebody supposedly well connected to him in Spain so it's by no means certain but you do wonder the timing of it as to whether this is what the the next phase of City's development will be. Pep Guardiola I'm told has a contract which gives him uh, uh, after the two years is up the option to go to New York City I have no proof of that but that's something that we're hearing as well and if that's the case um, then that would also make sense that Lionel Messi may come in for two years to City and then move on to New York City. So you can see how that might develop. Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, about the uh, p- the game against Spurs, the position that City are in at the moment in the table, the future of the club. Um, we'll also talk a little bit, I think, about the podcast. You know, after all, you know, this is our 100th. So let me introduce a couple of people who are with me now right at the start. In fact, you know, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Will. Because Will is the man behind the scenes who does editing for us, puts videos together, but isn't seen as much on the videos or heard as much on the podcast as maybe he should be. But he is a big City fan and I'm really appreciative of it. So, Will, um, I'm going to let you have first say then on, uh, are you delighted that Pep has signed a new contract? Are you depressed because City lost against Spurs? Where's your mood this weekend? Um... I'm a bit in between you,
1: really. I think I think you've made the, the the positive and the negative points. Obviously, the good news is Pep signed. I think we we're all a bit worried that if Pep was to go, would some of the better players follow him? You know, a, a lot of the the project that we have built is almost built on Pep Guardiola's name. You know, that's what encourages some of the players to come. So, to get another two years, to get a chance to, and it is a rebuild. Obviously, we've seen. Yesterday we've seen over the past couple of weeks we need a rebuild. I don't think it's gonna happen overnight. And I'm just glad that the team, Ferran, Tixie, and Pep, they're all in place, they're all working on the same wavelength. Hopefully, we can start turning it around. I, I'm I'm in a good position. I mean, funnily enough, with I'm not too fussed by the result yesterday. I think the fact that not being able to go to games, not not truly being involved, uh we mentioned it before. I mean once, once the result was over, about an hour later, you, you're not really fussed. It's it's weird.
0: So I'm not too bothered. Oh, that's Will. I'm sure we'll hear from Will a little bit later on. Let's go to Amy now, who's another regular contributor to the podcast. Um, are you up? Or are you down? Are you fed up after the defeat? Are you sky high because of Pep staying? What's your mood?
2: Uh, I'm happy Pep staying. Really happy that Pep's staying. Um, I don't think there's anyone better than him to manage us in in fairness um I'm like Will. when it comes to games I want to be there and I I personally and I was speaking to my brother about this I think the reason City are like they are is because there's no fans there I think some teams work quite well not having any fans there but personally I think City need us they need us behind them um I feel like the uh, tables, like the good old days of the eighties and nineties. <laughs> um, you know, it's a bit nostalgia, I suppose. But yeah, I was upset about the score, obviously. But I think when it got towards the end, I was like, right, I'm going watching Strictly now because I've had enough. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, you know, I did get, I did get upset about it. But Tottenham used to be our bogey team back in the day, so sometimes you have to. You know, you have to take the rough with the smooth, and I just hope in the coming weeks we get for you know we get in the top half of the table and up near the top. But you can't, you can't win. You know, you can't win the league at the beginning. You can only win the league at the end. So this, you know, as they say, it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. So um, let's hope that. Later on, get Christmas out of the way where they, all the games are together. We, you know, you normally see what's going on after Christmas, and let's hope by by May we're we're at the top.
0: Bit of optimism then. We've not heard from from Tony for ages, Tony you might remember, was the sponsor of the podcast at one stage, or his company was. Um, He's still a friend of ours. He's still very welcome to come on to the the podcast, of course, from Hot Click Marketing. Um, One of the reasons we've not heard from Tony for a while is because he's become a father. So congratulations on that, Tony. Um, Does that mean you're distracted from the football or are you still watching it? or Are are you you fed up? Are you positive? Where Where do you stand emotionally?
3: Um, emotionally tired, I'm uh, definitely distracted, <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's weird in terms of football at the moment for me, um, for a few reasons, but the main one really is the loss yesterday, whilst I was upset about the loss, I wasn't devastated, didn't ruin my weekend, it didn't kind of make me, you know, gutted and ruin the night in that sense, within an hour I was back to normal, whereas previously come pre-COVID I was, you know, um, it would pretty much take out my weekend. Buzzing with Pep signing a new deal, I think that's um, a major win for the company uh, for the uh, club. Um, I think for me, I'm really happy that uh, he's signed. I know there was a few saying, well, he's not done last season, this season, etc. But I think um, he's been the big draw. You know, We look at uh, Torres and how well he seems to be doing. One of the main draws for him was Pep. Um, not too keen on the messy rumours, but I'm sure we'll get into that one. Um, uh, later on but I think I'm one of the uh, few that isn't too keen on Messi um, but as for the game yesterday I just think that it was typical Mourinho um, you know part of the boss go for the counter he did it at United and you know we've done it at teams beforehand we should have anticipated that um, but we've continued where we left off last season as far as I'm concerned this year where you know we can have 100 shots on goal and the over team just gets one shot one goal whereas it takes us, you know, 100, 200 shots before we can even get one in. Um, how do you fix that? Out-and-out strikers for me.
0: Obviously, the the comment that Amy made about it might not suit City playing in an empty stadium, I actually thought, believe it or not, that it might suit City more playing in this environment. But uh, for me, it's got to be good news that Pep is uh, committing longer term. But I've seen a lot of negativity. Let's bring Andy in next, another regular contributor to the podcast um thanks very much for for being a regular contributor to the podcast um do you do you share the the wild optimism sort of thing that, that, that most people seem to be sharing or do you wonder because some of the negativity i've seen on social media um you know about him pep's lack of variety of of his tactics etc um you know and You know, I mean, some people are going, is it good news that he's signing um, a new contract? I think the bulk of City fans say it is, but but a few are not. Where do you stand on it, Andy? Uh,
4: Well, first of all, congratulations to you for this uh, achievement of getting to the century. You're the one who's been uh, throughout steering this and it's a pleasure to participate. Um, On the Guardiola front, I wish he was signing uh, a deal together with Mikel Arteta. That's the first thing I would say. I'm not quite sure that we've got the same uh, backup, uh, proven backup yet, as well as, of course, he's got to do something he's never done before, and that's rebuild the spine of what was probably the greatest spine the Premier League has ever seen. A team that in two years conceded 30 points. You know, I think we've got to get realistic about what, what's what's needed. I think, Already we've heard that there's some realism in the group about the rebuilding that's needed and the patience we've got to have and the strange circumstances and how that's affecting everybody, fans, players um, and, and everybody connected with the club. So I'm, I'm optimistic about it. Of course, Messi within that is a, a key factor. Clearly, Barcelona being 11th can drag us up from being 13th. So that would be great um, if, uh, if Lionel could make a difference. Uh, and I think it's clear that we need to get that third, third piece of the triangle, and that's Sergio extending, because without a doubt we miss him, uh, we miss Silva, we miss company, and we miss Fernandinho, and the spine of the team is just not the same. And I think we've got to be a little bit patient. I think uh, good signs at centre half yesterday. I think it was predictable. Ian, you know that new White Hart Lane's become the new Goodison Park. It's a killer stadium. We just seem to struggle in there. So I'm not going to get too disheartened about it. It's what we're about. We'll be good. Guardiola will bring us up again. So on the whole, uh, optimistic.
0: We've not heard on our podcast from Matty for a while. Uh, Matty was uh, part of City Matters uh, committee. Uh, I don't know if if he's still on that, but I know things have changed a little bit. Um, But You're very welcome um, to talk to us again, Matty, and we don't know how you've been coping through lockdown, etc. but you've heard what everybody's said about uh, the two subjects that we're starting off with, which is Pep Guardiola's new contract and the Spurs game. What would you like to add?
5: Evening, yeah, it's uh, good to be back on. Obviously, first, congratulations to you on reaching the century. I think it's been a brilliant thing, especially over lockdown, for people, for you to still do the podcast and still give people something to listen to. And I think your voice will always be something that people and City fans will always respect. So congratulations on that. And it's been a pleasure to be a part of that. And also congratulations to Tony as well on becoming a father. I'm sure you'll become, you'll have more sleepless nights over that than you will get about City in the next few months. But yeah, congratulations to that. Um, In terms of City, I think, I completely agree with what everyone else has said. I think it's it's taken a backseat in my life because of, because of the COVID period. I know we've all had some tough times. I'm sure everyone listening has had tough times as well. It's been a difficult period. And I don't think, although football isn't the priority now, my love for City will never fade. So it, it still does affect me, but probably not in the same nature that it did before COVID. So it is a bit of a difficult one, I think. I completely agree with Amy about the the fans. I think when you look at the Liverpool game the other week when we were drawing 1-1, the team sort of seemed happy to sit back and take the draw. And I think if fans were in the stadium, we wouldn't have accepted that and we would have been urging the team on to go and get that winner. So I think it definitely does have an effect. And in terms of the Guardiola news, I'm really happy about that. I wouldn't have wanted to see him leave without City giving him the... The send-off that he deserves and the same with Aguero I think it'll be good to have fans back as soon as possible whether that will happen by May I'm not sure so I guess we'll have to see what happens next year but I definitely think it's a rebuilding period for City and without the the summer break I think that is affecting the players I think we just need a sort of a rebuild I think he sorted the defence now. I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Obviously, Diaz, he had a little shaky moment yesterday, but I think that's sorted. I think going forward, we need to sign a striker with Aguero in his last years at City. That That's a major decision for Pep to make, and I think the draw of Guardiola will still be there for play, even though he's leaving in maybe two years. I think the fact that they'll have a chance to work under him will will still be a draw. So I'm glad that he's got that chance, and... I know next summer there's the Euros and that that will still be a fatiguing factor for some players, but they'll, they'll get more of a break than they will this season. So I think next season, hopefully we get fans back. Hopefully the players have had a proper break and we can really see City get back to the 17-18 period where we were so fantastic because we're still a joy to watch. And uh, I'm looking forward to two more years of Guardiola.
0: While I whip round everybody who's contributing tonight, I'm going to start with the same sort of questions. But there are other subjects I want to talk about as well, like the rebuilding process, like the, was it handball Gabriel Jesus um, against Tottenham? And is there something that VAR has got against City? You know, there there are other directions that we can go in. Uh, I was watching uh, the EDS team today, I was in the stadium, and it's easier to assess players when you're in the stadium, and people like Delapp and Tommy Doyle, etc., um, Palmer, you know, there, there are players there who are, are great prospects, and I wonder, but hold your thoughts on this, as to whether... You know, there is a time now for City to gamble a little bit more and play more of these young players at the risk of not necessarily winning a trophy this season, as shocking as that suggestion might be. I don't think many people are probably in the mood to, to say, no, no, I'm quite happy to not win any trophies, but you wonder whether in the long term that might be a better bet. Now, Louise is another uh, regular contributor to the podcast, so let's get your view, Louisa, now on, on Pep's new two-year deal and uh, the defeat at Tottenham.
6: Okay well same as everybody else congratulations on 100 episodes and it's definitely been a pleasure to be uh, a part of this continuing journey with you Ian you know as some people know we've known each other for quite a number of years now I think we're cracking on for 10 maybe (laughs) Um, and you know we've worked together before and it's amazing to be back with you again Um, and also to have met this motley crew down here you know around me who have been absolutely amazing and uh, sort of will we'll, I'll come back to that in my memories a bit later on uh, congrats as well to Tony you know fabulous news and um, good to see you here today um, and uh, where do we start um, pep yeah okay it's great it's staying of course it is because it, it brings stability uh to the club to the team and to the fans makes everybody just breathe a sigh of relief again um and obviously then that can have connotations on who stays and who comes into the team which is obviously good news for us as a team um i don't kind of feel like the word rebuild uh, that kind of like makes you feel like it's all collapsed you know it's, still got some very solid players in there um i agree with the fact that we've lost the spine of the team you know we've definitely got a massive hole with with company missing it's almost like three players have been sent off the pitch with him in being missing and that gap needs to be filled and you know i don't think it's anyone that's on that pitch right now can possibly fill it um except for if you give one person whether it be even someone like Walker, that responsibility in that position, right there in front of the goal, and to put that captain's armband on his um, arm. And this is just me repeating myself in every podcast I've ever been in, in Make Captain at back captain of the ship at the back and get some authority from the back. Um, you know, and um, there, I still think we've got problems at the back. You know, the second goal of Tottenham, uh, where, where actually was Walker? I mean, I do champion him and I do think he's an absolutely, is developing into an incredible player. But where, where was he? He's not in that shot, not, not as far as I can see. Um, he was missing. And it was actually De Bruyne that was trying to defend. So if De is defending against a goal, there, there's obviously a problem. On that,
0: specific, on that specific point, it's interesting that you should bring that up because I was watching, as I said, the EDS team today and they were playing with a back three. Um, they had uh, Doyle, who's a big centre half type, playing at left back and then two more traditional centre backs, if you like. And then they had their captain at right full back. And basically, in possession, he would move into midfield and play alongside the holding midfielder, and it would be a back three. And then out of possession, possession, he sometimes would drop back into the right-back position. I noticed what you said against Spurs. Walker was way up the field. But that's not Walker that's making that decision. Surely that's Pep that's making that decision, that's telling him to play there. I mean, he's asked Zinchenko to tuck in at times and become an extra player in midfield. Walker was up there. Um, the obvious thing to do is look at Walker and say, what was he doing up there? But the secondary question surely is, Pep, why are you sending Walker up there? Because he hasn't just gone wandering up there on his own, has he?
6: No, no, I agree. Um, I think against some teams that's absolutely feasible, and that's why they sit down, you know, days before each individual team and play each individual team at, at one time. Um, and I think that he Walker absolutely amazing at doing that. He's almost scored a few times, um, and he he's definitely assisted. But against Spurs, absolutely not. You know, I mean, I know we're all sitting here thinking that we're football managers and that we're not. And Pep certainly a heck of a lot more successful than us lot. But together, but I just think against teams like Spurs, as, as one of the others mentioned, uh, that that just didn't sit right. None of that sat right and the, the starting um, lineup didn't sit right with me anyway. Um, I know I talked about last time about benching some of the, the, the bigger stars that aren't quite performing at the minute and he did bench Sterling uh, straight away, but um, I don't think he should have benched Gundogan. I think we needed our stronger physical team and I would have rather have, have had Gundogan over Mares. and it was a bit strange how he sort of popped Mares at the front and Kevin De Bruyne sort of behind him whereas when it was actually playing out on the pitch De Bruyne was still quite sort of forward so what something might have gone wrong or he might have been shouting for that to change I've no idea Um, but I still think against Spurs and against the bigger teams where if you've got Liverpool or if you've got Man United you know the the. The players that started in that match that I wouldn't have started and I wouldn't have had them in them positions. And I still don't know what what is the deal with Zinchenko? Is is he injured or is he out of favour? I mean this guy can turn magic out of a blade of grass. What's going on with him?
0: Good question. Now you you did say though um that you know we're not managers, but we've got Gary Owen who's joined us now, who's a former player. He might not be a manager, but I think he talks more from a footballing perspective than any of us can do because this guy's played the game, he's wore the shirt, he's walked the walk. So, Gary, um, obviously you haven't heard what all of everybody's been saying, but what's your assessment of, of the Spurs game? Put it into context for us.
7: I mean, the basics of football and whether or not you're playing at the highest level or you're starting on a Sunday morning, is that if you're away from home, especially, you don't concede early. What you do is, in, in when there's crowd in there, you quiet in the crowd, but no need to quiet the crowd because there's none there now. But you take the steam out of having home advantage. And really, it shouldn't make much difference now because there's no crowd to affect it. But we, we started off OK. And with the first attack, and, and they did not have many attacks, actually, but the first attack, they scored. <laughs> Again, Edison is caught in no man's land. And this has happened so many times. I can think at Liverpool, I can think I can think of many other occasions where he's come out and been left in no-man's land. And he came out and he had no need to come out when that ball was... First of all, uh, uh, Diaz and, uh, and Laporte got caught, both looking to what Kane was going to do, and both got, got sucked into towards Kane. Cancelo is looking out wide because you think the ball might go out wide, and they play it between the central defender, and Cancelo, and that son gets in. And one thing he can do is he can score goals, that son. For me, his first touch, even when he hit it, was on the edge of the box or outside the box. So what Edison was doing out that far, I've no idea, when it was still not a threat on goal as such, really, because Cancelo could have easily got back, maybe, I don't know, but he'd have had to get a shot away. But he made, he made his mind up for some, because as soon as he came out, and he was in no man's land. So he, did, he couldn't narrow the angle. And in the end, like it happened so many times, he went through the goalkeeper's legs. Uh, I think Edison, a little bit at fault for that, as were as were the defence. The cop was caught flat footed. So you start off with the worst possible uh, scenario where you go goal behind against a team in a ground that we find it difficult to score at. We've not done, I think, in three occasions. Champions League, league game last season. I was there last season when we got done 2-0. We play them off the park, but we have nothing to show for it. And, and again, the second half, I don't know what happened at half-time because normally Pep is somebody to stir them up, but he seemed to get worse in the second half. And, and the writing was on the wall. We, was, we get to a certain stage where we're 30 yards from goals and we're playing around and playing around and playing around. Nobody gets a shot away, and we're trying to thread a needle. I was trying to find a needle in a haystack, and you can't do it because there's so many bodies. Mourinho of the bus, no two ways about it. He always does against us, but he gets the results, and again, he got the results. And 2-0 flattered Tottenham, but I don't think we played with any tempo from start to finish. We had the worst possible start, and, uh, you know, I think... When we've got so many talented players out on that pitch and we seem to run out of ideas, that is a frightening, a frightening part. Listen, we can argue the point uh, that, you know, maybe we could have had a goal uh, when Jesus played it back for twitted in. but if I would have been, if it had been against us, I would have said that was handball. So I was going to say, Kevin De Bruyne afterwards interviewed.
0: was interviewed and he, he he gave this answer where he said the rules keep changing and he was talking about the upper part of the shoulder. Yeah. You, you played the game and he yeah. and he and other players say, why is it this not ex-players who are making this decision? You're an ex-player, was that yeah. ball? Do you think he controlled it with his arm? No, he
7: didn't control it with his, his, his arm, but his arm, the top of his arm, helped for the ball to fault his feet, or without doubt it helped to fault his feet. The ruling should be is on a short sleeve shirt, if it hits anything on the top part of your arm, if it hits there, it's not handball, and that's where it hit him. But as De Bruyne said, the rules keep changing. So if it hits him there, and there's no intention to put his arm out, he was close into his body anyway, but it certainly hit his arm, there's no two ways about it. Uh, so. By the laws of the game that it is at this moment in time, whether we think it's right or wrong, you'd have been disappointed if that would have been given, uh, if if you'd not got it, if you was a Tottenham fan, or it had been the other way around uh, for us. So I understand why why he gave it because it did it his arm. But my understanding was if it's the top arm uh, half of your arm, it's not a it's not a penalty. But if it hits the from the shirt sleeve downwards, if it's short sleeve downwards, then it is on ball. So here we are again. We're 24 hours later and you, me, Kevin De Bruyne, nobody seems to know what is the right rule and what's not the rule. uh, rule. But for me, yesterday was a a must-win game for us. It was a must-win game, even though we're early in the season. Why? Because, uh, you know, we're something like eight points behind, I think, Chelsea, who who were at the top of the league, I think we are at the moment. Um, Tottenham's at the top of the league. I know we've got a game in hand, but we can't afford to give that many points away because this league as i've said before is going to be more difficult this season than it's ever been. Nobody's going to run away with this league that's a certainty. Uh, so but we can't afford to give teams who are good teams that are above us so many points start and expect to win the league. So we've got we've got to get our uh, our house in order and we're going to start picking up points and not throwing away points which we did at Tottenham.
0: I assume you want Pep to stay and are delighted that he's Absolutely. staying. Absolutely. So, so, does he need to rebuild? Is that the wrong expression? And do you think well, mess is coming as a result of this decision?
7: No, I think that we just need to, with the talented players that, we, that we've got in, in our squad and team, and when he made the team yesterday, and I just heard the, the young lady before saying about, oh, you know, was Jinchenko to play game, and this and this and the other. I look to the team, and we can all, now whether you play the game or you didn't play the game, it doesn't make any difference. You, well, we've all got eyes. We've all, we, we all watch City. We all know, or we all think we know, which is the best way they can play. When I saw the team, I was not disappointed with the team. I was, I was far from disappointed. I understand why Aguero didn't play, because he's only just coming back. Um, he's had no pre-season, he's had the injury. Uh, and, and the Raheem Sterling situation was, is that if he would have been fit, the England doctor would have at least kept him there to, to be playing or, or got some of the game. So he, he decided he wasn't fit really to play or to take a chance with and the City club doctor did. Now, Mourinho makes himself look an idiot like most times when he opens his mouth, but he did again because he, he said the thing, well, you know, it's what Manchester City have done. They're just flaunting with the rules and they don't do. And that's why Pep got the need a little bit with him to say, well, you know, is all of a sudden that Mourinho's a doctor now, is he? so he knows better than the England doctor and our own doctors. Well, if, if that's it, good on him. But Mourinho didn't start. And the reason why he didn't start, because we've got games coming thick and fast, and if he's not 100% fit, whether it's Raheem Sterling or whoever it is, Aguero or whoever, if you're not 100% fit, that's why you have a squad. You've got to, you can't risk players. And as I said, when I saw the team, there was nothing wrong with that team on paper that uh, I felt would have, have got the results. No way did I think that we would have got beat by Tottenham. I knew it'd be a hard game because we find it always hard there uh, because we've not scored and we're, we're there, that new stadium, and we've not, not won there. I'll pick too many points there, but we've got to we've, we've got to come up with something, or Pep has to, where when we get to the last third, I know they sit 11 men behind the ball, but, you know, all the top teams come up against that, all top teams, and we've come up against it, and we're not able to break it down now. We've got to find a way of unlocking those those defences. Otherwise... We're going to see all season what we saw a bit last season and start started this season where teams are taking points off us when they've no divine right to take points off us. Because if it was a boxing match, it would have been stopped with the amount of shots we had, the amount of possession we had. But the final thing and the most important thing is what the scoreline is. And that's the one that we didn't have best at. So we need, to, uh, we need to rectify it sooner rather than later if we've got any intentions of winning trophies again this season.
0: Well, Gary Owen, thanks very much for joining us My on pleasure. our special 100th. Yes, uh, we'll get exactly. you on a full podcast soon. Say that's that again.
7: Why, that's why I called it in It's your 100th podcast I was reading all about it. thought the least I can do is to come and, and congratulate you. And it's a great show you put on and, and keep it going for a long time to come. I'm delighted for you,
0: mate. Thanks, Gary. We'll talk to you again Take sometime care. soon. You will. So, Gary Owen joining us on this particular podcast, which is very good of him. Um Let's move on to Paul now. Another regular um, on on the podcast can't get rid of him, so um, so he's he's usually around somewhere. Um, well, tell us what you, you what you've you've heard a lot now. You've been sitting there patiently waiting. Um, tell us what you think about what you're hearing and where City are in your mind at the moment, Paul.
8: Um, <clears throat> again, I'll just reiterate. Sound really boring. Congratulations on the hundred. I thought it was your birthday, to be honest, when I saw the 100, but obviously <laughs> it's, it's not, is it? But you'd think it was. Um, but congratulations. Well done, Tony. I know you had it in your son. Well done. Um, it's the football, to be honest. Um, if anyone follows me on Twitter, they'll realise at the moment I'm in a very bad place with football. Um, it's not necessarily city. It's not, I'm not a plastic. I'm not a glory hunter. I'm just realistic. Football's a massive, massive part of my life. I watched the game yesterday. Um, Yeah, uh, you know, two shots on target, two goals. We've seen that before, haven't we? Um, We absolutely battered them in the first half. They get the ball back of the net. For me, it wasn't a penalty. But having said that, in the eyes of the law as it is at the moment, it was a penalty because it hit his shoulder, uh, the top half of his arm. And that's deemed as not uh, handball. So the referee, it wasn't VAR as such, it was the referee that got it wrong. He, he gave a penalty, he overruled himself because I don't even think he knew what the rule was. Because um, he was pointing, when he ran away, he's pointing to his top of the arm, saying it was uh, top of the arm. So that means it's a penalty then in that case. I watched the game after um, the them lot from Salford were on. Um, and I've never seen such um, a lacklustre, boring performance. VAR cocking everything up, penalties given, not given. Uh, the game was so boring, I, I nearly dozed off. It was only because I was at my mates. I was socially distancing, obviously, um, that I, I got to see it. Um, but it was an absolute shambles. And I sat there. My mate's a big United fan. Um, and he, we, the pair of us sat there, having watched both matches, um, we just weren't interested in the match. We were more listening to what the ladies were buying for for Christmas presents and things like that. It was it was it was absolutely a dour sort of three or four hours of my life that I won't get back. And that's how I feel about football at the moment. I'm just England. Apparently played this week. Did they, they? Don't know. That's how I feel. It's, it's shocking.
0: I know, um, but that's I'm sorry, but that's that's how I feel be honest, the great thing about doing this podcast with such a variety of people of different age groups, different genders, different backgrounds is that you get a fair reflection I think, anyway, of how fans are feeling, and I don't think you're the only one who's feeling that way at all, Paul. I think there are there are a lot of people. I mean, I saw somebody yesterday on social media, regular home and away. Not the first time I've read this, um, saying that during this year, not only have they noticed a lot more money in the pocket, but they've had a lot more time with the family. Uh, they've started to do new regimes of fitness, and um, you know, not drinking, you know, things like that. And that once football returns, as it used to do which we hope it will in 2021 that maybe they'll pick the matches rather than go back regularly. Uh, now whether that is what happens when the reality of matches being available again um, happens, I have no idea I don't know whether that people are just saying this at the moment There's they're down because I understand feeling down, I feel down myself, uh, frustrated that I can't get to, to City's first team matches but maybe, you know six months from now, a year from now um, having thought, do I walk away from all this? You sort of go, it's back. And then suddenly it's as if there was no COVID. Um, I, I don't know. Um... Let, let's uh let's get to harlan now i'm sure harlan who's been listening to this who's, who's like last week by the way if you missed it you must listen to this um harlan and will because they knew the 100th podcast was coming up um asked me um to do a sort of a special one and harlan became a interviewer and i became interviewee and counted down my top 10 city games in reverse order so um Harlan was was the man listening that last week rather than talking. But I'm much more used to him just having opinions. So come on, Harlan, what's your opinion and all that uh, you've been listening to? And you know, where are you in terms of um, Pep signing a new contract and City's defeat at Spurs?
9: Hi everyone, um, Ian. Twenty seventeen, August twenty seventeen. you started the vlog for the first ever time and. I'll never forget. I come out of the stadium. I saw you. I know you're in Cheeseman, I says, "Hi, hey, Ian," like that. And you didn't even say hello back. You just put this phone in your face and said, "Go on, tell us what you think." Um, and it was one of them. I didn't
0: mean to be rude.
9: <laughs> no, 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 no. In, a, in in a good sense, obviously, you were just, "Hi, oh, mate. but no, tell us what you think." And it was one of them where, since since that moment in time, we've we've just been on this journey of forever, blue, and it's been fantastic. And I've met everybody here through through the podcast. I know you were deciding on whether you were going to do a podcast or not, and we were keeping it under under wraps for quite a long while and then you eventually said we're gonna do it in January, um January twenty nineteen, and, and we started at the holiday in and some great memories of that as well, which we'll probably talk about later on, of turning up at the Holiday Inn in that special room we all had uh, where we used to get free brews and whatnot, which was absolutely buzzing. The Sounds very good to that Alan. In it, it's good in it. But um yeah no it's been <laughs> one hell of a journey in. I can't <laughs> wait for it to continue. I can't believe we're at 100 already. Um it, it's been great. But in terms of Pep, um yeah, I'm buzzing. He signed a new contract. We obviously had an inkling that this was going to be happening about two months ago, I think, but um, it's finally confirmed now by the club. I'm, I'm happy he's staying. Um, if you weren't happy that Pep was staying, I think it's one of them where, you you know, you kind of need to look at why not. Um, in terms of the football we're playing at the moment, going back to what you said a couple of weeks ago, I think it's become a bit predictable now. And I understand why people may think it's may think it's boring because, we, are, we have been found out a bit and there are teams sitting back and, and trying to stop us playing. That is their sole objective, not to get the three points, to stop us playing. And then in that sense, they'll get the three points by doing that or, or nick a point. But to say that we wouldn't want Pep to be the manager um, and bring us the football eventually again, which I think will come back that we've been so used to over the last couple of years, will be a daft thing to say. Um, Would I be open to change in a couple of years' time if, for example, this next two years doesn't go the way we're all hoping it to? Well, yeah, because change is good sometimes. Um, But Buzzing, he signed his contract. Going back to yesterday, um, just a few things from my perspective. I think Louisa's well entitled to say what she said about Walker being advanced for that second goal. But I think the problem for me has been a problem that arose right at the start of last season, and that is that we didn't replace or didn't didn't bring in Fernandinho's heir to this squad. We brought in somebody that was supposed to be the new Busquets and is nothing like what Sergio Busquets has been. If i have been watching Sergio Busquets for the last 10 years and I've got him completely wrong, then i will load my hands up and say, I've got it completely wrong. But Sergio Busquets can tackle. He's physical. He's a yellow card waiting to happen. He's aggressive. He throws his you know, legs in when, when the teams are on counterattacks. And he's a very good footballer. Rodri is a very nice footballer, very elegant, very lovely. But for me, he's a luxury player for when things are going well and when you're two or three goals up in a game. He's not Fernandinho. That yesterday for me was a turnover of possession in a terrible area from the team. Rodri for me was behind the pace, totally off the pace. Kane's been allowed to run 25 yards. This reminds me of Deja Vu from weeks ago. 25 yards he ran, like Madison ran 25 yards against Leicester.
0: Hang on, and, I've not heard of this deja vu. Is he a Spanish player?
9: Uh, well, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not Spanish deja vu, but he's, uh, he's a different kind of one, yeah, I think. But yeah, he's just one of them where, you know, he's he's got the ball, cane. He's got no right to run 25 yards with that ball and play LaCelso in. And Roderick's literally cantering behind him. If that's full pace, then Jesus Christ, he's supposed to be 23, isn't he? Um, and there's no commitment there to make a challenge. There's no. There's no breaking up of the player. There's no desire. There's no protection for Diaz and Laporte. There's no, there's no energy in there for me. Fernandinho, even at 34, plays like he's 20. He takes him out there and he wins the ball and probably leaves a bit on him. It's just for me, I think that the big problem here is that, yes, Walker's committed himself forward and LaSalle saw by rights is his man and De Bruyne is tracking back, which Louisa highlighted correctly. But Rodri was the problem in that move there because Kane was his man. Kane was playing as a false nine. Therefore, if Rodri's the sole man sitting as a holding midfielder, Kane becomes his man. He didn't man-mark him. He didn't stop any counter-attacks all game. Every time Spurs got the ball in midfield, we were wide open, and both goals came from that. And for me, we've not replaced Fernandinho. We've not found his air, and we're not good in transition either. When we get the ball, there's no energy to get us forward. There's there's not many forward passes. We're not energetic enough. And for me, I had a chat with a guy on Twitter last night And that's the reason why we don't affect these teams that sit back and cause, you know, there's a lot of problems with a low block because we don't attack quick enough. So if we win the ball back in possession, so turnover, transition, win the ball back, Rodri gets the ball going forward as quick as he possibly can and he's positive and forward thinking and energetic, or he wins the ball himself and gets us going forward. We'll get in behind these teams a bit earlier, a bit quicker with more tempo and we'll score more goals. We weren't this slow in midfield in 17-18. We weren't this slow in midfield in 1819. The midfield, the engine room, we've not got an engine in there with Fernandinho being out of action. And until he returns or when he is fit, he has to return to that midfield. And I know that Andy's probably one of the people in here that will agree with me more than anyone about that.
4: Sound like a broken record, to be honest. Um, can't keep saying it enough, but it's not the solution. We've got to find uh, another way to replace him because... Well. He's huge to our team because, you know, he's the middle of the wheel.
0: I'm going to come on to David Silver in a bit more detail in a moment. But um, Adam was was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, Gary Owen, who made an appearance a few moments ago, just before Adam joined us. And, um, and, and Adam was sort of vilified, really, by Gary when he was quite negative. But I think looking back now, um, Adam, you know, um, a draw against United and a defeat against Tottenham, you seem to have been vindicated. Is, is that the way that you look at it or have you got a different viewpoint?
10: Um, I don't know. I'd, ha- I'd hate to say that I, because my issue was really with the Rodri and Gundogan double pivot. So when I saw the starting lineup yesterday, I was really buzzing about it because I thought we've got Bernardo in there and that sort of harks back to the 17-18 of having one holding midfielder and a player like... David Silva and De Bruyne who, who can go forward and with Pays if they need to. Gundogan's a bit slow for me in that transitioner, And I felt like bringing Bernardo in was really going to give us that pace. And that was my point when we were talking with Gary Owen. I felt like we'd, we'd changed our system to shore up the midfield too much. And by doing that, we lost our attacking threat, really. But then yesterday, things didn't change. Things I expected things to change because of... That midfield change, but they, they didn't. We looked all yesterday. We looked slow going forward, and perhaps it is due to the fact that Rodri just isn't good enough in the midfield. But but surely that the problem should lie further forward if we're talking about the, the pace at which we attack. You know, Fernandinho was never break, breaking through the lines and, and running. Yeah, he was making. He might have been making those passes into the into the types of um, the Gundawans ones or or the De Bruyners. But it's about the movement, that we, the lack of movement that we've got at the minute in the midfield and the wide areas. The inverted wingers aren't helping. Yes. We need players to be pushing out wide and staying out wide and really stretching the play. We allowed Tottenham to keep it really compact yesterday, I felt. And there's just been, there was, there was no threat. And it's become, like I said, like I said to Gary that the, the point still stands, it's become boring to watch us sometimes. Um, and it's partly because, teams have learned how to play against us and that's to not play against us it's just to sit back but you know it's as high professional footballers and elite professionals that they are you've got to find ways to get through it and we're just not doing it at the moment and it's really boring to watch and it, it, it's awful to say now uh, because I'm not one of the most negative fans but I came across it on that pod but I'm, I'm really not and I, I just feel like we are pretty boring at the moment and it, it felt like a chore to watch us again yesterday and it's a shame
0: I'm looking at a screen here, and obviously you'll be aware because of the situation with COVID at the moment, that we're not all together. Um, I'm sure you can tell that when you listen to the podcast. We do this on Zoom. So I'm looking at a gallery um, of, of, of faces. And I want to take a risk now because uh, you could all end up talking across each other. But in terms of, of you know what the performance was all about and the, the points that Adam's made, the, the points that Ad- Harlan's made, um, you know, And also, and I'll throw into the mix, um, David Silva's Real Sociedad, uh, currently top of La Liga, uh, they're on 23 points from 10 games, uh, Real Madrid a fourth, um, and Barcelona a tenth. Uh, now, I don't know whether we read into that that David Silva is the difference and that he's a genius, and that's the reason why City are not doing as well, or whether we just read that maybe Covid's had a difference, or maybe just that the two big clubs in Spain are not as good as they once were. I don't know what we read into it. Um, I tend to think my own opinion is that um, David Silva, Vincent Kompany, Fernandinho... Leroy Sane have all been huge, huge losses. I think Joe Hart, at his very best, is better than Edison. Um, Edison might be great with his feet, but very rarely do you make him... I'm not saying he never does it, but very rarely, really, do you see him make game-changing saves. saves. Can you imagine if... And I know he played for lot most of the time, did play for us for a little while, but can you imagine if Peter Schmeichel had been playing in goal at Tottenham Uh, Do you think those two goals would have gone in? Or the two goals that Yang scored uh, for Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final? So I think Edison's got to be looked at a little bit too. And uh, as much as I'm absolutely delighted that Pep Guardiola is staying at Manchester City, I could not be more happy. I have to admit, though, he's got flaws. And he is very stubborn in terms of the way that he lays his team out. And although um, in my expressions of opinions on this podcast, which obviously most of the time I'll leave it to you guys to do that, um, you will probably have detected that I'm I'm still a little bit unsure. uh, And and obviously I go against the grain on this completely on the qualities of Phil Foden. But what I do hear from people is why is Phil Foden not playing more games now? Uh, Why is he not being given more of a chance now? And as I said, I was watching the EDS team today and I actually threw out a tweet this afternoon saying should we not be seeing now maybe if this isn't going to be a title winning season maybe this is the season that City's manager um, and and the fans say you know what we can't win the league every year maybe this is the time now to to bring a few through let's see whether Liam Delap, for example can make it in the first team he's only 17 I know but he offers something completely different Um, maybe we see Uh, You know, whether Tommy Doyle can, with that passion and that blue blood that he's got in him, can make a difference in that holding midfield role instead of Rodri. Maybe he doesn't. And I'm not saying he should play every week, but I wonder if we should be seeing something a little bit different this season. So with all those thoughts out there, I could just say to you, put your hand up, because on Zoom I can see you putting your hand up. But I'm just going to say, unmute yourself, guys, and and just tell me what you think on any of them subjects. Over to you.
6: Well, I kind of agree with Adam um, as well, what he just said. Um, There was a pass and I I think it was Laporte. Can't quite remember um, who passed it to Torres, and it, it was incredibly weighted. He turned really quickly, and he was upfield. The there was a, a defender near him, but it, he did really well with that ball. It was an incredible, and I think he almost scored with it. Um, and that's what we need. We need the element of surprise. Um, so if we've not necessarily got the strength, or if we've got players on the pitch that are a bit too fancy-footed, rather than the good old, you know, strong traditional um, players. Then I think we need to surprise them with with something completely different. Um, But what there are some players that work that that uh, perform better with speed, and Aguero is one of them. So if the game's incredibly fast they work better with the speed of a fast game. And I I believe Bernardo is the same. Um, And because we seem to be slowing these matches right down, these games right down and just passing and plodding and how many passes can you get so you get up into the, you know, their half. Um, to me it's like you're taking the momentum away you're taking that that speed from the way some players can just turn on that sixpence and and even Sterling you know he works better at speed as well um, and we're just slowing game down games down too much and I can't remember whoever said it was boring it was boring it's getting really boring we're not moving we're not motoring forward and um, I think that's what it doesn't okay so let's forget who needs to be on the pitch let's just make it a faster game surely all those guys can you know run faster and play faster and that's my view. What a
0: perfect introduction to our next guest who's just joined us. When you talk about running at speed there's nobody who exemplifies that better than David White, a former City player. David thanks very much for joining us now. I know you haven't heard the whole um, debate that we've had but we've been talking obviously about what went wrong at Tottenham, about. Uh, pep guardiola and where does he go from from here um tell us tell us your thoughts and thanks for joining us on the 100th edition uh
11: no problem whatsoever mate and uh, and congratulations uh, on reaching that milestone uh i, I don't know i think it's just a it's it's a it's a weird old season isn't it and uh, i don't think there's too much to worry about we we we' come off the back of um an international week. i mean these international uh, breaks are Three games now, and it, it, you know it's a it's a, an awful lot of travel and an awful lot of game time. Um, our our best two, arguably our best, well definitely our best two forward players over the last few years, have, have, have for whatever reason uh, weren't able to start the game yesterday. And and uh, and there's so many teams that are, you know towards the top of the league. I wouldn't I wouldn't be over over concerned. I think we you put our best eleven out there. Um, and we will certainly be there thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, the challenges are, are are all over the place. You say Leicester, Spurs, Liverpool. Um, we, you know we're seeing challenges, obviously from uh, certainly from Chelsea, Arsenal. So uh, you know we're we're still early on in in, in this season, um, and, and I just wouldn't be over pal, just now.
0: Are you confident that Pep who has been given this new two-year contract? is going to be able to get City right back where they want to be challenging. I mean, obviously, some people are talking about there needing to be a rebuilding programme here. And I've just mentioned young players coming through. And When you came through with Lakey, with Ian Brightwell, with Steve Redmond, Paul Malt, all the rest of you, when you came through, you were taken to the hearts of City fans. I know that City fans love it when, you know, young players come through the academy. Um so they, they they want Phil Foden to succeed. They want Taylor Howard Bellis to succeed. Tommy Doyle to succeed. Are you confident that that Pep is the man now to 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 take City through this transitional phase, if that's what it is, or is it just for him about winning?
11: No, I'm 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 sure he's the right manager. I just think it, it you know it's totally different. You you look you go back to you know we we joined the club in I think eighty four. Um, Yes, at the, at the time a sort of first division team, Premier League team, but but uh, the, you know this this I think the percentage of foreigners, uh, overseas players that were that were playing in the English league then was was next to nothing, uh, so it, it's, it's it's totally different. And and this uh, it, it's wonderful to have young players in in your team, but ultimately you want winning players winning players in your team. Um, Phil Foden, Absolutely incredible! Amazing to see what he did the the other night um, for England. But I don't I don't think we should. It, it, as I say, it's brilliant to see them out there on the on the pitch. If we could ever go back to the Etihad, but um, I say we, we want to win in Europe, don't we? We we want to we want to win uh, the leagues. Of course we do. But the The next big challenge for Pep and for the club is, is to to win in the Champions League. Uh, we came very very close last year, but then we're we, we we seemed so far away at the end, didn't we? Um, so it's um, I think we we have to put our faith in him. We've got one of the best coaches managers uh, in the world. Uh, unfortunately, because the league is so popular, then all the other best managers are, are, are now in our league as well, aren't they? So they're they're all sort of competing against competing against each other. But uh, I, I certainly I think it's fantastic news that uh, he he signed a two year extension.
0: And in terms of confidence, your general overall confidence about City at the moment, you know that they're they're in the bottom half of the table. I know it's only eight, nine games into the season. Are you confident that City is still going to be title challengers? I've even seen people saying today City are playing for a Europa League spot now.
11: Well, that's crazy. City are are, are certainly still playing to to win the league. As I said, there's so many challenges at the minute. You wouldn't, um, you you know, certainly including City... And also including Liverpool now, and we've seen it. They obviously went to to Villa Park and got a real good hiding. Uh, it, it is a uh, a season when any any team would see. You know, Villa beat beat Liverpool seven, and then Brighton go to to Villa and, and, and turn them over. So it's it, um, it is a season when anybody can beat anybody. Before yesterday's uh, defeat, uh, we were we were still right up there, and you know, with, with the um, with the games in hand, we would have been. We'd, I don't know, second in the league or something, whatever it was, you'll know better than I will. But so there's, there's certainly no reason to panic. There, you know, what, what we can be sure of is um, Spurs have always been, uh, not also short runs, but, but the, the nearly boys, if you like. I think with the with Mourinho there and in charge, they, they are serious contenders, um, you know. And, and, and obviously, uh, I think you have to look at Spurs' front three. We've talked City, there's been times where City have had the best front three, um, there's obviously Liverpool over the last couple of years but you, you've got to look at uh, Spurs's front three and certainly if, if Bale gets played that, that is going to be scary and he's got them organised in behind I, I really think they are contenders this year and Chelsea who you know that's maybe the disappointing thing that Chelsea uh, have, have gone and seem to have just had, had the pick of the, the best players in, in Europe and, and they've gone out and got them uh, they're serious contenders too but you know this just means that You know, I don't think we're going to see this dominance that we saw where City and Liverpool were were winning uh, every single game they were playing and and, and absolutely romping away with it. I think it's going to it's going to stay very very tight. Um, We are going to lose games. I think the the team that wins the league is is probably going to lose a lot of games. They they generally say if you you know you can maybe only lose. Four games, you know. If you if you're serious contenders, uh, I think you could probably get away with losing seven or eight this season. And as long as we we, we stay as contenders, um, maybe come January we do a bit of good business. And I think there is good business. There there is business we we need to do. There's still areas I, I, I think we we need to improve. I, I still think we we probably are. If you want to call them Galactic Oil, but I think we we had a few. Um, and maybe, you know, we, we've you look at the team yesterday, and you I was watching that question in how many we had left in that 11 yesterday. Uh, and, and yet, we've got defensive players now who who can become, though, you know, those really good players. We, we obviously had many for a long time. Um, so the, there's, you know, there's real good promise at the back there. But other than that, you look at. Um, you know, KDB, and and you're looking around thinking, where where are the other superstars? But I'm sure they are there. If we can maybe attract one or two in um, in January, well, absolutely, we, we can still challenge the league. We can still win the league. I think you know, I'd go as far as say, I think we will. I think we will win the league. I think it being being so open, um, I think we've uh, what we have got the club is people who, who've been there and done it before. Um, but you know, I, I'd uh, I'd certainly take. Champions League at the end of the season um, if we needed to, to to not win the league I'd be be more than happy with that
0: Love your optimism David um, thanks very much for spending five or six minutes with us let's get you on a full podcast Absolutely. in a couple of weeks to come but thanks very much for your time tonight David No problem pal, look after yourself David White joining us then um, on the, the podcast now uh, obviously the time is ticking on very rapidly here so what I am going to do now is I'm going to whiz around because I know Tony's got to go in a second, Matty's going to go so rather than do it on the who dives in and shouts the loudest, I'm going to say to Tony, you've, you've listened to the debate tonight now, um,
3: what, what do you take from it all? Um Mixed bag, really. I agree with Adam mainly with regards to the inverted wingers. For me, I don't think they are working. I think we did best, um, especially in that kind of 17-18 season uh, when we had the out-and-out wingers, especially with uh, Sane there. Slightly disagree with you with regards to Edison. I think he has made mistakes, but at the same time, I don't think the ball should have got that far. I think it should have been broken down before it even got towards the keeper. I think there was a lot more mistakes further up the field than... uh, before the goal itself, um, yes, he was culpable for some of the goals that we've seen over this season and a bit of last season. But I do think, especially in the Champions League, we've seen him do some outstanding saves and has, you know, kept us in and won us games on his own. So, um, disagree slightly on that point. Um, but with regards to the rebuild, looking at the squad, I think we're two players short of being rebuilt. Um, if we look at the players that we've lost, then you know we've mentioned, everyone's mentioned Fernandinho. Um, I think, yeah, a holding midfielder there um, and then an Aguero replacement if there is one, um, I don't think I think he's one of a kind and one in a generation talent in that sense for me so whether you can fire light like for like I don't know um, but realistically where else do we need to rebuild? We've got um, some good wingers, I know uh, Mares divides opinion, Gundogan uh, in midfield divides opinion but overall, I think we've got a decent squad there that should be doing better than we are doing um, on your point with regards to Real Sociedad yeah Silva's a god so all, all credit to him um, but I also think that it's Covid again not to lay the blame on Covid but we are seeing you know the greed of football coming up uh, to bubble now international <coughs> excuse me international games were they really needed at that point um, with such a short pre-season are we just tiring players out and realistically, it hinders the top teams who have more players flying around the world and playing more games. So, I think there's a lot of burnout going to be happening uh, with the players. I think that feeds back into thinking to Harlan's point earlier about that energy in the midfield. Um, You know, there is a lot of tiredness in there. Yes, they get paid a lot of money, but when you're flying around and you're playing so many games in such a short period of time, tiredness is going to kick in.
0: Tony, thanks very much for being part of the podcast and we'll talk to you again. Talking about tiredness... I'm, I'm sure I can see the bags under your eyes on Zoom, so uh, keep feeding that <laughs> baby. <laughs> That's Tony, who's been a, a regular contributor um, all the way through and, and obviously a, a sponsor as well, very, very much uh, valued part of our squad, uh, as is Matty, who I know hasn't been on quite as often recently, but still a very valued member of the Forever Blue team. Uh, Matty, how would you like to sum everything up, your, your last contribution to this podcast?
5: Yeah, I think I agree with most of the points that have been made. I think Tony's right. In fact, of the rebuild isn't a whole overhaul of the team. It's just a couple of players. But I think it's more of a rebuild of system. I think sometimes we've become too predictable in the way that we play with the inverted wingers. I, I don't really understand why. I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but Mara's and Bernardo are both in pretty shabby form, I'd say, this season. And Foden's been brilliant. I mean, he came on for England and he was fantastic. Why is he not starting? If he's the alleged David Silver replacement, give him some game time. I think he, he's the one that I want to see more often than not. And Do
0: you know- think he can play in that position, though, that David Silver played? Now, now that we've seen him play in the first team, he tends to play more, um, you know, in an attack, almost in an attacking role. Like, you know, he's sniffing out goals rather than that little feed that David Silver mm-hmm. did.
5: I don't think he can do the same thing because obviously David Silva is one of a kind. I know you mentioned how well he's doing at Sashi, Dad, but I think it's kind of like seeing your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend moving on with someone else. I think you just have to appreciate the times you had and just watch them go. It's kind of like he gave us 10 brilliant years and and we have to watch him kill it for another team. But I think Foden just gives us more energy in that midfield. I think... Gary Neville mentioned it in commentary yesterday, two years ago, Tottenham wouldn't have been able to play out half as much as they would have because the midfield would have just attacked them. Like Harlan mentioned before with Fernandinho, we were just suffering the opposition and we just don't seem to do that at the minute. So I don't know if it's we need more energy in the midfield, whether we need a couple of replacements, it's a difficult one, but... With Mares on that wing, I think it, it becomes a bit predictable. And he shows flashes of brilliance, Mares. so I don't want to criticise him too much. But I think when you have a winger who's willing to run down the line and play balls in, it, it scares the opposition a bit more because with Maras, most of the time, you know what he's going to do. So it does become a little bit predictable. I really like the look of Torres. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him because I think he gives us that energy running forward and he scares defenders so I don't think it is a complete overhaul of the team, but I think Pep does overthink it sometimes. And we've got to accept that maybe he's struggling a little bit too. I think the energy levels from the team are a bit low, but Pep struggled himself. I know he lost his mother during COVID and it's been a tough time for him as well. So I think we have to sort of give him a bit of respect for the achievements he's earned and give him time to to rebuild the team, because I don't think it's as, as drastic as we all believe, but, I think there are definitely elements that need to be need to be sorted, and maybe this is a season where we do rebuild. I completely agree with you about bringing talent through. Dilap, Jesus, and Agüero both out injured. Why is he not getting a chance? He started in the Carabao Cup and he was brilliant and scored a goal. So I don't know why he doesn't get more of a chance. But maybe with the the big wages that the superstars are on, the, there's pressure to play them. I, I don't know if that's something that affects Pep's decisions, but. I definitely want to see a few more come through before Pep leaves because it'd be a disappointment if Foden was the only one who sort of became a first-team player from the Pep era. But um, yeah, I'm not too pessimistic. I think it's just one of them things that I'm. I'm just sort of football's taking a backseat a bit at the minute. I still love City and I'll still watch it. And but yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to be a part of the podcast. I'm sorry I've not been around for a while, but congratulations again on 100 shows it's been brilliant getting to know you all as well and I hope that one day we can all be together in person and chat some more about the good times of city and and get back to why we love football so much so thank you
0: for having me well said thanks very much Matty before before you go
6: Matty I just I did notice that um, I can't remember what date you first did your first one does anyone know do you remember Ian or Will I
5: think it was the second one I, I don't um, think it was the first, I think it was the second no, I remember around like January.
6: The, the, the day, oh, January, because my first pod was 11th of Feb. Um, So we've got me and we've got Ian and Will and Matty and Adam and Paul and Harlan. And I think we were the original kind of crew, if you like, that have, remained with you Ian for the last 100 episodes um and so it's I think it's absolutely fantastic that we're all still here and we're all still coming into these podcasts when when you invite us in and of course it's uh, wonderful to see someone like Amy join us as well
0: so. Well, it's, I mean, I, I really appreciate. Without the, the you people, we couldn't do this uh, this podcast. I'm not the type who's going to just sit here and talk to myself. You know, I, <laughs> I need some intelligent people to make me look good. Um, obviously, they are the odd exception. That's why I've got Paul involved in the, uh, the podcast. <laughs> 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 what has your What has been your favorite uh, memory of the? La- oh, you you can't now on the video version. He's put his glasses on to look more intelligent, <laughs> um, which won't work. Um, but but when you when you look back on on you know the time we've known each other travelling to away games doing podcasts mm. doing vlogs well, have you got a highlight you can look back on paul um no so <laughs> <laughs> is like, the expression <laughs> yeah, yeah.
8: Well, mate it's been a it's been a massive roller coaster i think we we first met a few years ago i mean we have met years and years ago but um when we first met on these european trips and he started doing these podcasts, and I, I used to go with you when you were doing the um, the one down at Excess Manchester as well. Um, I met, I've met some amazing people through knowing you. Um, not that you're not amazing. That sounded wrong, but you know, I've met <laughs> I've met some really really great people. Obviously, these people on this podcast uh, are fantastic, great friends, uh, dead supportive, um, and other people I've met through you. Some of my legends, you know. Like, the other week was on, um, David Phillips was on. Um, and it was just like, I'm sat here thinking, God, I'm on with David Phillips. It's like, you know, he was like one of my heroes back in the day. And, you know, David White's been on. And I've just met some amazing people through yourself and being on this podcast. So, no, they've all, they've all been good, mate. I enjoy every single one of them. And, I, I, you know, I look forward to being on it. And when, you know, you, you when you send the squad list round to us, um, on our whatsapp group and your name's not on it you're gutted you're thinking like oh god I hope somebody drops out <laughs> or, or I was on it I've been on it for two weeks I won't be on it this week because somebody's dropped out and it's it's great I, I just love it it's, it's oh, great people
9: do yes, you mate. do you hope people's cars break down then
8: all the time mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> all the time yeah yeah keeps me keeps me uh, keeps some money in the bank to go on my European trips
0: you know, <laughs> you say that you, you're delighted because you've got the chance to meet all these people. I'm just wondering whether Adam uh, might have a different view here and might think, you know, oh, come on, you know, and there's that Gary Owen on and all you know, <laughs> he does is slack me off. Because that's sort of you be know, your standout moment of the podcast, hasn't it? Yeah, it's
10: certainly been the most eventful uh, podcast that I've been on. I'm glad I wasn't in the same room as him at the time, because I think he might have hit me if, I, if you were in the same room as him. Um, yeah, it was certainly an interesting one. Uh, I, my, my highlight, I would say, the most, probably the, the other most interesting one for a different reason, was the one time when you'd forgot your keys, into to the uh, Tameside Radio uh, <laughs> studio. So me, so me, Harlan, Paul, and you had to sit in your car and record it. And I remember after about an hour, the car got quite steamy and it looked like we were out dogging. So that, <laughs> so that was definitely a highlight for me. It's something I, I didn't, I couldn't imagine myself doing when I was listening to you uh, commentate when I was when I was a young lad on Radio Manchester. Definitely not in, in your steamed car when I was a twenty-one-year-old lad.
0: The irony is that, I, of course, I've met you all and, and, and you've all become good friends, except for one person, uh, Amy, who's, um, you know, joined us during lockdown, during, during this COVID times. Uh, I mean, unless I've accidentally bumped into you, but I would imagine I'd remember you if I'd met you. But here you are, you're you're our virtual friend, our virtual Forever Blue <laughs> podcast member. I can't wait to, to actually say hello to you in person. What's it like doing it from afar?
2: Uh, i just want to say thank you so much for welcoming me it's um i'm gonna get out chosen um oh. <laughs> no it's been it's been really good and uh i just want to thank you all for letting me be part of it because um city means a lot to me and i'm i'm glad that i've uh, you know met virtual friends and i hope one day we can all see each other and give each other a hug and uh, if you like hugs, that is. I'm a huggy person. So. I'm a huggy person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad no, I don't. Back in car, though, are you? <laughs> um, but I yeah, no, people. I am. I, um, no, thank you. Thank you for letting me be part of it. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to carry on the journey with you all.
0: I don't know if I should admit this to you, the others will know this, but um, before COVID came along, we used to have at least one, if not two, get-togethers um, where we would sit around and you know, Tony, who obviously from Auckland Marketing, you would would as the sponsor sort mm-hmm. us out with a lovely meal somewhere. You missed out on all that.
2: Yeah, I've yeah. got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Will. Will is the other person who who is very quietly in the background. But you've been there right from the start. I mean, we bumped in a bit like Harlan uh, mentioned. The, you know, being on the vlog early on. That's how you got involved. That you, I literally went up to you. You contributed to the vlog. You told me a little bit about yourself that you were interested in in editing and and stuff like that. And and now you've without you, um, things would be a lot more difficult for me. So I have to thank you, Will. Not you thank me. I thank you. <laughs> hello. hello. I
1: always remember when, when I first sort of initiated contact with you, and, and you sort of said, "Yeah, come along." You said, "Right, uh, you'll have to meet me in uh, the ho- the Premier Inn in um, up." up in Manchester. And I, I said to my friends, "I'm going to go meet Ian Cheeseman in a hotel." <laughs>
0: they, weren't, they weren't too convinced. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you?
0: But there you go. You know, you you when we finish now, you'll tidy it all up, put it, post it up onto. Uh, onto SoundCloud, which is where the main hosting is of the podcast, and, um, you know, make it all sound good, basically. Well, that's that's what we think you do. I try. Mean, <laughs> I try.
9: Ian, I uh, I actually think that a lot of City fans will remember Will before he changed his name to Will, when he was called Rolando. He used to play for us up front, didn't he? Uh, we signed him from Regina, I think, back in there.
0: That's Rolando Bianchi. Um, if anybody's trying to imagine who he's talking about, yeah, um, no,
9: I, I remember giving Will that nickname. But no, listen, guys, it's been it's been it's been a journey, and it like we've we've had some great times, like you say, holiday Inn, um, the mugs of hot chocolate, the, the times that I turn up fashionably late because of my tram and everybody be waiting for me to start. And you know, all the all the funny times we've had as well, like afterwards where we've we've finished the podcast and we've stood downstairs outside the hotel and had another mini podcast for about 20 minutes (laughs) talking about some of the stuff we'll do in next week's podcast. And it it was just that, it's that, it's that, I think it's that purpose, isn't it? That we'd go to the game on a, on a Saturday and we'd have that purpose on a Sunday. And it was, it was a massive part of our week. And I think we all missed it when, when we didn't do it for a couple of weeks and when you got in touch with me personally and everybody else and said, look, we're, we're going to be podding again next week. I think you give everybody a lift again. I think everybody was like, you know you know the get the football's back, the pods back, and i I personally would just like to say without this um i, I you know and w- without the the stuff I've been doing on the radio and without the extra stuff I've been able to do at home during this time, I would have struggled mentally with it all, so I think there's another couple of people in here that, without obviously confiding in the people listening too much that you may have also struggled without this outlet and this this um, place to share your views, because I don't know whether I'm the only one. I don't think I am. But after the match, I think Will said it, that he he can just kind of, at the moment, he has to try and forget about what's happened so he can get on with his weekend and it doesn't affect you too much. For me, on a personal perspective, or from a personal perspective, when the game is finished now, I, I said this to Ian the other week, I feel full up. I feel like I've got all that adrenaline still left in me. I feel like I've got all that pent up. Um, I wouldn't call it aggression, but that stuff that you'd out at the match where you'd physically come out of the ground feeling like you'd cleansed yourself of everything that you'd built up during the week. Or if we'd lost the week before you were in the ground, you'd let it all out. And then when you're on your way home, you feel knackered. And, and I miss that feeling of getting it all out. And when I watch a game here, win, lose or draw, I just feel like I've not, I've not got my fix or the drug or I've not, I've not really fully got what I'd normally get. And, That's affecting me a bit. It really is. And I'm sure it is to other people, but this has helped a lot.
0: I think what this conversation as we end this podcast illustrates is that football and watching football is all about, you know, it's it's a cliche. You see people using the hashtag city family, football family. That's what it is. It's a social event. Um, you know, it's not just sitting there and watching the ninety minutes. It's about travelling to the game. It's about meeting your friends. It's talking about it afterwards. It's moaning about it afterwards. It's it's all these things that make it special. And at the moment, we're all being uh, you know denied that because of of COVID. Hopefully, twenty twenty one see us back at stadiums um, I hope maybe that I can do vlogs again might depend on finding a sponsor and I should mention by the way charleslewy.co.uk who were the sponsors of this podcast because they're keeping us going indirectly because they're giving me a reason and a purpose to do this and to keep up the the friendship that I've got with you people and to keep the the connection with the family and I, the City family, and I know that all around the world, we have um, people in, in other countries who gather in Melbourne, for example, or in Chicago, or in in Pakistan or India, a lot of Delhi fans uh, contact me, uh, and they say we go to the local pub or we get together at a social club or whatever, and they do what we're doing, not virtually, but with their own groups of, of supporters. And um, you know, I think I think football needs to understand that when it all resumes again, that it's it isn't just about the football, it isn't just about winning. City lost at Tottenham, terrible as that is, and as much as we all want them to win at Tottenham you know what, it's not the end of the world, is it? It's only a football match. It would be the end of the world. If something happened to one of you guys and we, we didn't have yeah. this connection anymore, that feels more important to me. So a big yeah, I thank you
6: I agree, Ian. Yeah, definitely what Harlan said awesome. and what you've just said um, to echo that is that um this this season's yeah. podcast, really, it's been about um, us Uh, It's been about the City family, the people that are watching as well and listening in. Um, It's not... I mean, it's based on the football, but this season hasn't been about the football. This season's been about getting through uh, these times together as a family. And, um, you know, you guys... This actually weirdly goes full circle to my favorite memory of a podcast um, because it was actually in the uh, football the classic football shirt store um and it was the first pod that we did that was uh, videoed that was you know put on YouTube um uh, thanks to Will and um the first one where quite a few of us got together there was quite a lot of us weren't there was about seven of us six or seven of us and um that's when it felt more like a family and what I noticed from watching that back just last night um is that um as well as having 3.9k views up to date which is quite good um it, it also we were just laughing the whole time throughout that podcast we just couldn't stop laughing and taking the mick out of each other and um i think one of the funniest things what well, well, i mean it's not that you've missed missed amy but the memories we've got, even of the meal, me being stabbed in the head. You know, do you remember oh, that? Oh yes. Do you remember that? But I, I remember I had a that. And um, you know, um, the alarms going off at Tameside Radio, and we couldn't get the alarms off, and they were so loud. You know, we thought the police were going to come because we got locked in, and we were trying to get through doors. And I think there was
0: know. one where Harlan and I know Harlan was involved in. It, I can't remember who else was. Where we did this no, podcast. And we were about forty-five minutes into it, and then it's the computer crashed, and I and I said, Can, "Is it all right? We do this again. Do you mind starting the whole thing again?" <laughs> so all the arguments we'd had, all the debates we'd had, all the questions. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it was, it was it like me we and... had to do it all again, as if we'd never talked about it. Was it me and was it me and me and
9: Paul? Yeah, I think it was Tony Harland. I think it was you and Tony. Oh, me and Tony. Sorry, and we had we had to go in. We had to go out of the big studio, the pre-rec studio, into the tiny one, and we had to sit in a line. I mean, we wouldn't get away with that now with social distancing, would we? But we were literally <laughs> hugging each other in that little mini studio, and we, we had to do it again. And luckily enough, on that computer, the there was no one there to help us. I was it Ian because it it was like half nine or something, and um the software on that computer I I'd, I'd used at Bolton FM, so I was able to kind of. Chucked something together, but without it, it, just it was a calamity, weren't it? Of errors that night, the whole forty-minute podcast was just gone. We had to remember what we'd done, and Paul uh, Tony was nicking my points. I was nicking Ian's points. Because we'd already heard what we were going to say.
6: But <laughs> well, I, I just I just want to say that all the good fun we've had and all the good times we've had, to me, have come together this year. And um, you've, I've had a tough year, as you know. And um, you guys have been so supportive, including Amy. That's why you're a part of this family. You've been absolutely incredible with me. Um, and, you know, I look forward to getting to know you better as well as the others. And thank you guys for being that that support that i've needed this year
0: well thanks thanks as much as anybody else this has been a longer podcast and we won't do it this long again next week than normal but um hope you've enjoyed it uh, thanks to everybody who listens everybody who downloads it everybody who shares it everybody who retweets it there have been people who've been involved in the podcast previously like mm-hmm. emily and ryan carl from america um you know who's, who's become a more of a regular um and Nathan, um, who Joanna, been on as well. and
6: Joanna,
0: yeah, we've had lots of other people, so they're not forgotten they're not excluded. We really appreciate their contributions. Um, here's to the next hundred. Uh, I'm going to give each of you now 10 seconds each to say whatever you want to say. Uh, Adam's looking very worried. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to, Adam. There's no pressure. Um, this isn't about trying to get you to say something nice. I don't mean it like that. Just your optimistic verdict on. City as, as a club going forward so I'm going to leave the last comment to Harlan because he, he won't be able to keep it to 10 <laughs> seconds so we'll go, to, we'll, go to, we'll go to Will first of all go on Will um,
1: keep the faith we're all blues we've all been through the hard we all know what the good looks like as well so let's look forward to the good and ride out the bad whilst it is and it's not even bad you know what I mean we're in the Premier League we've got an amazing squad and we've got an amazing manager
0: that's how you do it Harland. go on Amy
2: yeah, I agree, totally. Love love City forever. We keep the faith. We carry on. That's it.
8: Paul? Um The best way I can put it is this. If we're going to have a bad season, let's have one when we're not all there. I don't want to win any Cups or any trophies, any leagues, any Champions League without being in the ground. So, for me... Let's have a bad season this year. Let's experiment. As long as we can get in the Champions League next year, I don't care. It's the repair that's prestige, not the price.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. What about you, Adam? <laughs>
8: <laughs> what a
10: shameless plug that was. Um, I'd say tr- trust the process, trust, trust the directors, trust the chairman. They've got us this far. They've won us this many trophies at the moment. Really glad Pep signed an extra deal. Let's look forward to the next two years and uh, look forward to plenty more trophies and happy times together.
0: Over to you then, Louisa.
6: Well, you know, if you do actually look at the table and look at how the other teams are performing, uh, we can definitely make top five easily this season. Um, But even if we don't, you know, so what? As everyone's, echo everyone else, we're City, we come back. But I want to just sort of say something that, unfortunately, Mourinho said last night, but I agree with him 100%. um, And that's that uh, we're not fighting for the championship. We're actually fighting to win every match individually.
0: Thank you, Louisa. So that's it for this podcast. Thanks very much to CharlesLouis.co.uk. Um, of course, they're our sponsors. We'll do it all again uh, next week. Uh, isn't it great to be a Blue? Oh, hang on a minute. Forgot to mention Harlan. did we forget to let let men- Harlan have a say? Sorry, I nearly <laughs> forgot you then, Harlan.
9: <laughs> Has Amy said a little bit, Ian? Yeah. Right, no worries. Um, I just want to say, remain optimistic. The tide will turn this season. Um, we, we, like Adam said, trust the process. If we correct what, what we know is obviously wrong, I think we'll be all right. And, uh, well, I'm going to be a bit cheeky here, Ian, and said, you know what? Whether we win, lose or draw, it's always great to be a Blue.
0: <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>